It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, with my co-host, Petra Burke, and the entire crew from Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center. Hey! We've got the whole crew here for you today because, a week late, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. Not just New Year's resolutions for yourself, but for yourself in relationship with your dog, and goals for your dog. Uh, what, What would you like to do with your dog this year? Are you working on a new sport? Would you like to do some herding, some fly ball? Would you like to compete in obedience? Or just around the house, is your dog jumping on guests too much? Do you need to work on that? Do you need to do some brush up on your dog's obedience? There's a lot of things we can talk about and think about for changing or benefiting the relationship that you have with your dog this year. First though, let's take a message from our sponsors, but don't go away, we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. 
Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World on Pet Life Radio. I'm Liz Palaika. With me today is our co-host, Petra Burke, and the entire crew from Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center. This show, we're talking about New Year's resolutions for yourself and your dog. I know, first off, uh, for myself and with my four-year-old, or soon-to-be four-year-old Australian Shepherd, Bashir, we're working on his service dog skills. I want to get him out in more places. I want to make sure that he's not phased by the revolving glass doors, because we had a couple dogs spooked by that. Uh, he's been on an escalator, but he's still not real happy with that, so I want to do that a little bit more. Uh, I also want to work on his service dog skills as far as picking up metal objects. He's awesome about picking up everything except metal. So like my keys, I put a little stuffed toy on, on my keys so that he'll pick that up. And he's doing it, and he's getting better about it, but he still needs some work on it. Uh, another thing I want to work on with my older dog, Riker, is his grooming. <laughs> he has such a thick, thick undercoat that I don't always keep up on it as much as I should. So that's one of my goals. So let's go around and let's talk a little bit about what uh, people want to do with their dogs in this coming year. And then we'll s throw some other ideas out for you as far as things that we see in our training classes that perhaps other people might think about making a resolution. I'm trying to think what mine's going to be this year. I think the same thing, getting the well, Keely to pick up the middle things like you were saying, keys and stuff like that. Um, and then my daughter, Kayla, has been working on our German Shepherd to open doors and uh, drawers and all that uh, good stuff. So that would be, uh, <laughs> that's she can, she can talk new year Yeah, she can talk about that mom. in more detail on her <laughs> terms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, I think just spending more time and getting uh, doing a lot more work out there with the, uh, the service dog program and our dogs ourselves and that's it i can think of so far it's oh. a new year is fresh i still have to work on this <laughs> okay kayla since your mom started to bring it up what are you going to work on with teddy um with my shepherd teddy i was one um like it like my mom had said already um i'm going to work with the service dog hopefully get him certified and then my main goal is to be able to bring him on the plane which is going to take a lot of work this year so Yep, we set and, some goals for you with that. Yep. What What are some some of the individual things you need to work on? Um, there's a few things like getting him to stop whining so much. Like he'll do little, few little whines once in a while. Typical German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. the shepherd <laughs> crying. Um, <laughs> and then probably being able to like he's good with crowds. Like he does really good with it. But I think having him open doors in public and stuff, and pulling a wheelchair. Okay. Good. Good. How about all his basic commands? How are they? There, he actually has them. He has them down pretty well. Um, I have no worries about those. It's just mainly service dog. Okay. Good. All right. Maggie, how about you and Quimby? Um, I would say that with Quimby, the only goals that we really have is she. She's with me twenty four seven now because she is my service dog. Right. And she's started going through where she'll test whatever she thinks she can get away with and it looks really bad so I started teaching her to jump up to open doors mm -hmm. so she started thinking she can try to jump up on her favorite people oh, okay <laughs> yeah okay so how old is Quimby now she's four she's a little yeah, old to she's, be going she's through old that. enough to be not yeah. pushing that yeah yeah so we got her past that and then she decided that okay 
but you know, maybe stay doesn't mean stay forever. Maybe stay means I'll slide into a down. Ah, okay. So I'm gonna work on making sure that I can refresh all her basic commands. Good. And keep ahead of her on her little faces. One of the problems that there is when you've got a very smart working dog is sometimes they think too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they think about things on their own. <laughs> yep. Anything else you want to do with Boombi this year? Um, no, but with our older poodle, Shantae, who's 11, um, my main goal for her is just getting used to her a lot because she doesn't respect me. Ah. Because I am her child. Okay. And I've noticed she turns around and back talks me a lot. <laughs> and I feed her. And I walk her, and I, I pay attention to her, but she still doesn't really like me, so you know she what you respect prob- me. You ought to do some games with her. Do some fun stuff with her. Find out something that she will like. And I know that's hard, because I know Shantae. But find some game that you can get her interested in so that you and she can have a good time. Or convince her that it could be Yeah, fun. convince her that it's... <laughs> yes. Because we know if, her. If everything's serious, we know we know Shantae, and she's she's gonna continue to challenge you. But if you can find something that would be fun, then that might change her mind a little bit. You and she could have a good time rather than butt heads. So something to think about. Okay, let's go on, Deborah. How about uh, you and Caleb? Well, with Caleb, um, he's an English Shepherd, and. Uh, a very good, strong herding <laughs> dog, and um, I'm finding that there's a real delicate balance between the herding instinct and the prey instinct. Yep. And what I'm learning is that he has the natural instinct, and I just need to teach him how to control it. And right now we're working on herding geese, and uh, he's getting better. He's he's learning the right balance point for keeping them going a certain direction and uh, learning to back off when he needs to. But um, I think for me, I need to learn a little bit more about how to guide him because he already has the natural instinct. So I just need to learn how to make the best use of that. That's, that's, yeah. very, that's very true because we can't give them the instinct. They've either got it or n- they don't have it. And he certainly does have it. <laughs> It, and he's got it strong. <laughs> Both the herding and the prey drive. Uh, but we also know by watching him that he can control himself. It's whether he wants to or not. So we've got to figure out some way to motivate him so that he wants to calm down and keep himself under control. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, how about uh, resolutions with uh, his therapy dog work? Definitely, I want to um, expose him to more um, varied situations. Um, going right now, we go to a school with work with uh, special needs children, and we go to a retirement home uh, once a month, and then we also work with hospice patients and visit them once a week. And uh, he's learning to adapt to each situation that he finds himself in, and I'm, I'm real pleased with that. But I think he can um, learn even more how to attend to the patient and uh, make sure that he, 
he gives them what they need while we're there. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is, is experience, um, both on your part and on the dog's part, because um, the dogs doing therapy dog work uh, learn to sense what the people need, and that only comes with experience. Riker is going through that now. He's been visiting a, a daycare center for uh, a state-run daycare center for foster kids for about five years. And I just recently started taking him back to visit with seniors because I figured since he's eight years old now, perhaps he was <laughs> restrained enough that he could visit with the elderly <laughs> because <laughs> up, to then, <laughs> up, up to then he was a little too rowdy. Uh, and I can see the wheels turning in his head. He is starting to figure it out. He's, he, he's learned that he has to be gentler with the senior citizens he visits than with the kids. Because a lot of times the visit with the kids was they'd take him out on the playground and just have a, a wonderful old time out there. Uh, and he could sit on their chest and give them kisses, which, of course, he can't do when he's visiting seniors. <laughs> but... Um, but I have to help teach him that too. So again, it's a matter of me me showing him that he has to be calm in these certain situations. But there's a certain amount the dog has to figure out on his own too. And then we just reinforce to show him that yeah, that was a good choice. All right, Deborah, how about Apache? Well, Apache's my Australian Shepherd, and I notice that he is excellent with the commands when it's my husband that has the other end of the leash <laughs> which tells me then it's not the dog it's the it's the person on the other end <laughs> so my my new year's resolution is to be more consistent because i know i transmit down the leash my personality which tends to be a little bit more um hyper <laughs> should i say and so i need to learn how to keep myself calm when i'm telling the dog to be calm and to follow through with the corrections so that he knows i really mean it every time because he has this like 20 second delay where he's looking at me trying to decide, could I, do I really need to do it or not? And that I want to, I want to fix that. I want him to know I do mean it. And, and especially for the second uh, New Year's resolution, which is I want to be able to have him off leash more. I have him quite a bit in my yard. I don't have it fenced and uh, he's good off leash, but I need that come to be perfect every time from clear across the yard, whether a rabbit jumps up or not. So that's, that's our strongest resolution is to get that, that come to be there every time. Good. So good. how are you going to do that? Well, I try the really long lead to get his attention, um, but that's not working consistently, so I, I'm going to need more advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's there's, honest. <laughs> there, there, there's a couple things in play here, and I was going to uh, mention it again with Deborah and Caleb that I mentioned with Maggie and Quimby. The smarter the dog, the tougher it is to outthink them sometimes. Uh, I'm sure Apache knows very well that when the long leash is on, you have control. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is we need to back up a few steps and we need to go back to a come at a shorter distance and reward it and make it the most exciting thing he's ever done. And then we do it a shorter distance with a little more distraction and make it the most exciting thing he's ever done. And then we gradually increase the distance. But the first thing we do, we back up to the basic come again. Dig out the cookies, the happy voice, get him coming to you, and what a wonderful boy he is. Yes, you are. And, and make it very, very exciting. And get it 100% reliable there. Then we bring him out and we let him play. 
and let a couple of the dogs play together and take turns calling them off and rewarding it and making it exciting and making it the best thing he's ever done and then gradually increase the distance and then gradually increase the distraction. But remember, you're only changing one training step at a time. You don't add distance and distraction at the same, you add one or the other so that you, again, you set him up to succeed. Like we always talk about in class, set him up to succeed and especially with the come. And then when, it come, when he's ready for distractions, you guys can come to my house because we have a fenced <laughs> yard with lots of rabbits. <laughs> and Kayla and I have taught our dogs to come when there's rabbits yeah. out to ignore them. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Fenced, he's safe, and distractions galore. Yeah. Yeah. How about with his herding? What are, what are you going to work on with that? Well, there again, it's the consistency of him knowing that when I'm, when I'm holding the leash and taking him through it, that he can't charge the geese and that he needs to use his skills and understand just how far he can pressure and when he needs to back off. And then he needs to pay attention. And I think the important thing, like we talked about today, um, when we were out there, is teaching him a command that he understands that I, he needs to go forward onto the geese and yet with, with care, not, not full out. So it's learning a command like easy or steady to get him to pay attention and and pull back a little when he's pushing too hard on the geese and making them flap because we don't want them flapping and squawking sure. and everything. So that's that's our big goal on the on the herding. And there again, some sometime this year, it'd be nice if he could actually go off lead and have that <laughs> have that control. I and mean, that may be too ambitious, but we'll see. <laughs> no, you're not too ambitious for that because remember a couple of weeks ago he did do that for me. That's right. He was he was off leash when we were he was working with me. And he was off-leash off as we worked the geese yeah. until he discovered he was off-leash and then he ran to mom. <laughs> but he did, he did work off-leash with me and, and listen to my voice, so he can do it. Yeah. Uh, he will probably do it sooner than Caleb will. Uh, unfortunately, if nothing else, that Caleb has the stronger drive. But um, all in all, when all is, is finished, Caleb probably has the potential for being the, the better working dog. But um, but it it'll probably come a little slower. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna take a break for our sponsors. Um, then we'll come back. We'll talk to Nicole, find out what her goals are, see if anybody has thought of anything else, and then we'll talk about some things that you might want to, some goals you might want to set for your own dog, uh, some things that you might want to work on, things that we've seen in our training classes that are pretty prevalent that could potentially be changed. So hold on for just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz Palaika, your host. Uh, with me is Petra Burke and the entire cast of characters from Kindred Spirits <laughs> Canine Education Center. <laughs> Today we're talking about New Year's resolutions. And yes, I know we're a week late, but better late than never. Uh, gave everybody a chance to think about it. Uh, resolutions that you might set for your own dog. Resolutions for yourself and working with your dog. Um, and in a few minutes we'll talk about some common behavior problems, obedience problems we've seen with dogs that perhaps you might want to set a goal for yourself and your own dog. We've talked to just about everybody with our cast of characters so far except Nicole, so let's see what Nicole has to say. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 07 was a hard year for my family and our canine squad. We lost our three eldest dogs fairly closely together and it's been a little bit like an empty nest experience. So I have not really gotten used to it all yet to like set goals for this year. In the process we rescued, I think I mentioned um, this sort of, we're not sure what, <laughs> border terrier. Terrier mix. Yeah, border terrier mostly. And if you've read Liz's breed book, you know that border terriers are difficult trains because they have their own minds as well as their biggest issue is coming on command and uh, because they're driven by their nose. So I would say for, for Maddie, her name is Maddie Matilda, that's why we call her Maddie, um, it's coming when she finds something else more interesting. So she's presently on a long line that I can get her <laughs> when I need to. And actually she's done very well. She's um, already gotten her CD, uh, CGs. CGC, and she's, and that was a goal I had set for her right away, and um, this year I think my major goal will get her to, to fulfill a service role, and maybe get into the service dog um, program with Kindred Spirits. Um, I'd like her to continue to do her therapy dog, she's terrific with children. She is just a natural with children. Nothing frightens her with them. Um, and they can stick their hands everywhere. So I'm very pleased with her personality, which is not typical of terriers in that area. However, she is a little bit uh, taken aback by the elderly. Um, mostly smells and um, she prefers being held. And she has gotten a sense of those who want her in her lap or are touching her. And that's work, but the ones who are a little bit too delicate, she doesn't know how to handle them. So that's one of the goals for both of us to train her, because I've never had a dog that's had these issues. She's moodier as a terrier. She's moodier than any dog I've ever had. She's either really up or really down. 
also, I've been reading everything Liz has ever written, but <laughs> everything else I can I mean, find. I don't, I don't think I've written that much on moodiness. <laughs> I know. And there hasn't been a lot. I'm learning a lot because all of my dogs have always been pretty happy with expressive ears and eyes. And I can't always read her, so that's one of my goals, is I, trying I, to like I don't think her. that's all strictly terrier. I think some of that is probably her background yeah. before you adopted her. Yes, because yeah. we hear that it was a really traumatic background with yeah. some major loves and major losses. So that's probably part of it. And then I'm also getting used to having a small dog. I've never had, I mean, Michael was my small dog who I just lost. Um, but he had a lot of herding dog in him, so he had all of the energy and go. And Maddie has a lot of energy burst, and then suddenly she's a very sedate child. So I'm trying very hard to learn about smaller dogs, and I'm resisting the urge to get a larger dog because my husband said on a another uh, Labrador Retriever, <laughs> and um, you know, so it's like. I'm still in transition, but I'm glad 2008's here, and I'm so grateful to have this family of people and their canines, because it makes the, the loss of having a, the empty nest syndrome of loss of canine fur around you tolerable. <laughs> okay, so we've all told you about some of the things that we want to work on personally. Let's talk about some of the things that we see in classes, some of the things that other dog owners are doing, or perhaps that they should do. So, uh, Kayla, you're a puppy class instructor. What have you seen in the last few puppy classes? What What are some of the common things? Without naming names now. Protect the innocent. Um, what I've seen lately, actually, is a couple things. First one is puppy, pup, like, Getting a new puppy, I mean, they're cute, they're adorable, but come on, they can't be in a bubble. Good so, girl! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just people that, like, I, ha I, I have a big German Shepherd, he's like 100 pounds, so everyone that comes up to him, oh, that's a big dog, I don't want him near my puppy, when he's actually pro probably by far one of the best with puppies here, he wouldn't correct one. Um, so having him in a little bubble, you know, just don't, not, like, not letting people pet him or trying to like you don't want them in the grass because they're gonna get wet oh that brings up the couple that was in your class with uh, what was that a little Bashan mix yeah they didn't <laughs> want his feet to touch the ground she, I never saw that dog hit the ground and they never came back either yeah but um and another thing I've you seen dogs need to walk on the ground yeah. I mean it's Irregardless of the size of the dog, they need to walk on the ground. Well, uh, you and I see it in the basic class. After sure. they protect him as a puppy, then all of a sudden we have these behavioral issues with these dogs. Who and I will say... Never so saw another dog. or She was always kept in the house, and, and we were afraid to bring her out to get sick or to pick up something... All the excuses in the book. And then the dog is, is uh, suffering from a lack of socialization. I will say that the many young female celebrities who carry these little pocket toy dogs yeah. as accessories, yeah. and the dog never walks on the ground, they're doing dogdom a great disservice. And I will say that Paris and Brittany, and <laughs> <laughs> they're doing dog.
dog them a great disservice. No matter what size they are, dogs are dogs. And they're they not a. To, they're not like I said, an accessory. They're not an accessory. They need to walk on the ground and sniff the grass and get dirty and get muddy and okay, so you give them a bath. But they need to be a dog. Mm-hmm. And another thing I have seen actually today and last week and the week before and the week before <laughs> was, is people repeating what. They want their dog to do. So you have people going, sit, Fido, sit, Fido, Fido, please sit. Come on, sit. And then you hear, Fido, sit, she's watching me. And it, it, it's just when you're peering over their shoulder and they're just, you know, it's. So, so. so tell us why that's important, That why one command is so important. One command is so important. Like, if you, for example, like if you take the fires that just recently happened and you're trying to get everything together and you need to get your papers and you need to evacuate. So you have your dog's leash on him, you have everything together, but your dog you don't want your dog running around like crazy and then trying to tell your dog to sit like five times before they finally do it. Because then you have a possibility of either le- ending up leaving your dog behind or being behind yourself. Good. So, Good. Um, <clears throat> and also you have the people that get frustrated with their dogs and end up getting rid of them because they don't listen to them, supposedly, when they wait for like the fifth or sixth command. So. Sure. Good. And then there's the basic one that uh, Deborah was talking about, the come. If you tell your dog to come six or eight or ten or twelve times, or he figures out the only time he's supposed to come is when you finally lose your temper, then by repeating the commands, you're teaching the dog to fail. So, yes, very good point. Um, Maggie, you assist in the uh, puppy classes and the basic classes. What are some of the things you've seen lately? Um, oh, I love catching her off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I have stuff in the <laughs> You lost it. New Year's yeah. resolution, remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I can give you um, one that you were talking about today was the, the right training collar. People not wanting to put the right training collar on right. their dogs. Um, I think that a lot of people don't realize how different training collars are supposed to be used and people will go into the pet store and see the um, quote unquote choke chain and go they'll either think okay that's a terrible color because it'll choke my dog and they'll never buy it or they'll go and they'll go okay I saw that on a dog that fixes the dog and they'll get it and they'll put it on wrong and they'll hurt their dog and I think a lot of people don't realize that if you get a training collar you need to ask someone how to use it Excellent point. Mm -hmm. Excellent point. Or ask what type of training collar your dog needs. Yeah, that too, because certain dogs can't handle different types of collars. Sure. Or don't need a certain type when they just need something a little gentler, or who knows. And, like, a lot of dogs won't wear a halty or a gentle leader Mm -hmm. type collar Mm -hmm. properly because they don't. Or they'll overpower a head halter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent point. Mm -hmm. Very good. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, Let's see, other things. A lot of people, I've noticed, if you have to, like, shape your dog into a position, um, people, even though we tell them not to, push down on the hips when you tell your dog to sit. It's really annoying, and it's bad. Yep. In, in some people's defense, I will say that for many, many, many years, that was the recommended technique. And, in fact, I think some dog books probably still teach that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. as with all professions, we learn and we change and we evolve. Mm -hmm. And we've learned now that pushing down on the dog's hips can convey things we may not want the dog to know (laughs) or can hurt him with his hips and his uh, hip dysplasia and things like that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, exercise, I think, probably one of the things we see the most in classes is their dogs are hyper, not they go crazy and the dog doesn't have enough exercise and they get home because they're busy and people work long hours. Unfortunately, kind of make a living to live here. So they work <laughs> long hours, um, but don't spend enough time uh, or may just do it on the weekends to exercise their dog. So I'd love to see more people spend time and exercise um, physically and mentally. The dogs. I think that's one of the things I always take issue with is people who are rescuing dogs or who have dogs always assume because they have a big yard their dog is going to have a good home but dogs are pack animals they want to be with their humans and even if they have other dogs they're not going to exercise themselves as well as their human will so mm -hmm. it really people need to make a commitment to exercise the human as well as the dog <laughs> at the same time. and well Kayla and I see that because I mean we've got two acres it's all fence but when we're out there our dogs are plastered to our side right. So we have to encourage him, throw a ball to encourage him to go out and run around and exercise. Otherwise, they're, they don't see them go, oh, two acres, let me run around. <laughs> no, they're like, oh, mom and, and mom and then little mom. <laughs> we'll step to their side. <laughs> go ahead. Um, there was another thing that I have seen recently, actually, is both people getting large dogs just because they look cool, like pit bulls and everything, not knowing what they're getting into. If, say, like, a really, like, some, someone who's, like, into the fighting breeds and are all, like, determined to get one like that, that's sort of what ruins the breed. And also, if you get a Rottweiler, they, you have to understand that sometimes they take a little more training, or, like, an Aussie, they're a little more complex than what you might think they are. So sure. Just because they look like a nice dog to have doesn't mean that you're the right person to have that dog, because so, you do need to think about it. So, that. basically, you're saying people need to do some research ahead of time as to what's the right breed for them. Yeah. Boy, I love you. I really do. <laughs> She's grown up so good, huh? <laughs> Which leads into, get a copy of my newest book, <laughs> The Howl Book of Dogs by Wiley and Sons. It's on how to choose the right breed for you. Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> then there's one more thing about how I see so many high-strung hyper dogs during class, and sometimes it has to do with the dog food that they're on. So maybe you should ask someone about your dog food before you go out and see Imes just because it's on TV. It's a designer <laughs> brand. You might want to like research a little bit on it. Yeah, that they're all made you get in the it. same factory and have pretty much all the same food in them, no matter how expensive the advertising might be. Yes, Maggie, you start to say something. Um, no. When Kayla was saying about the bully breeds, um, even though you can't put your puppy in a bubble. One thing you should pay attention to is when you have your dog out, look at the other dogs around you. If you go to dog parks, bad people, I don't like dog <laughs> parks. Um, if, you, if you're out and there's other dogs, pay attention to the dogs that are around you, especially if you do have a small dog or a dog that, if you have a dog, just because certain thing, things to look out for, like a dog that's on an extended leash or a dog that's lunging or a dog that looks that's with someone who obviously isn't controlling it because your dog can easily get hurt and that's not something that you need to start out the year with. It's a sure. huge vet bill. Definitely, definitely. So I think a few New Year's resolutions for dog owners is the nutrition. If you have a dog that needs more nutrition, put some weight on or to take some weight off. <laughs> or, or to feed some the owners, like I, that's what I want to do. 
Um, <laughs> take it off, not put it on. <laughs> that is. Exercising your dog. Um, you know, try to make a plan a few minutes a day, something. Go out there and throw the ball. Um, work on some behavior issues. Resolve them. If you have something that's just driving you crazy, and if you had some time off during the holidays and you notice this, maybe jumping is a really bad habit he seems to do a lot of, you know, contact a local trainer. Start working on that. Dog sports, you and I, Liz and I are talking about it. Get them involved in it. The more you do with your dog, the better. Because it keeps his mind busy. It keeps his body busy. It's good for your relationship with your dog. The the more you do together, the more you learn about your dog. Uh, Deborah and Deb can attest to that with the herding. Some things that you see when you watch your dog work geese for the first time. It's like... Whoa, that's my dog. Look at that. (laughs) And you may not have ever otherwise seen that side of your dog. So the more you do with your dog, the better. And I'd say if you have a dog that, you know, out of control and needs some obedience, there you go. New Year's resolution. Go to a local trainer. Check out some training facilities. Go take an obedience class. And all of a sudden you'll have a well-mannered pet a great family member a buddy a companion that you can do so many things and a built-in support group (laughs) (laughs) because you can talk to everybody else in the class and they go yeah i've been dealing with that too (laughs) one one point i like to make on that too is don't just take one training class and then think you're done i've made it through beginner immediate whatever i find that you just need it all the time i mean if you just retake it because then they also get exposure to other dogs you reinforces the training commands to you too because it's really sure. like as much or more about training you than the dog <laughs> yep 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 sure is but i think the initial trainings are training yourself and the dog to love to learn and oh, that's sure. a lifetime goal for all of us i know it's one of my all not just this year but every year mm-hmm. and i think the other responsibility that all of us have as having an animal or a dog in our life is that our dog becomes a diplomat for the world. And it's really important that that we continue that. All right. Well, we could talk about, obviously, we could talk about dogs forever. <laughs> 30 minutes just flies by. <laughs> but uh, I hope this has given you some things to think about, both from our experience with our own dogs and what we see with our students' dogs. So set some reasonable goals. As with any New Year's resolution, make sure it's reasonable. Set yourself up to succeed. Set your dog up to succeed. And we'll be back and talk with you again next week. So thanks again from It's a Doggy Dog World on Pet Life Radio. This is Liz Palaika, Petra Burke, and the cast of characters from Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center. See you next time. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>